This brings us to Monaco on the 31st of May, 1981. Where hopefully nobody dies. Uh, hopefully. So in qualifying, Monaco is incredibly small and narrow. So the grid size was re- reduced from the 31, 32 entries to actually 20. Okay. Meaning that 11 cars would not qualify. Okay. PK took pole and Hector Abaki didn't qualify because he's dog shit. Of course. Gilles Villeneuve was second. Lining up behind him was Mantle and his Lotus. Okay. Uh, he was in third. Roy Deman was fourth Maybe and Alan Jones... Was getting to him. Alan Jones was seventh. Okay. In the race, there was... <laughs> super funny. So there's a hotel after the tunnel. Excuse me. Th- this hotel had a kitchen. That kitchen caught fire. What? Yeah. So <laughs> there was so much water that had to be used... To put out the fire that the tunnel that the drivers went through was drenched and so they had to restart the race by an hour mantle did a great job hold holding up Reutemann, but he ended up retiring with I a fucked up suspension i think it's interesting that they don't have a problem holding back a race an hour because a tunnel's drenched but, but a man dies yeah literally and they're like no he's fine <laughs> clearly okay well, so this is what's super fucked up to me is that there's a medical professional at every race now because the dude's name is sid Watkins. He is a doctor. He's a physician. Mm-hmm. People cannot die outside of hospitals, which is what I, I think is super fucked up. Because I if there's a doctor, I know. In a hospital. I'm saying, I, okay, you get it. But to like the people who are listening. Oh, right. Not everybody knows that. Yeah, yeah. no. You literally can't die unless you're at a hospital like, people... or like at a. You can be like a, a DOA marked as like dead on arrival. Yeah. But your actual time of death is when you get. To the hospital. To the hospital and are seen by a physician yeah. who is qualified to mark your time of death. Yeah, which to me is fucked up because Ronnie Peterson died at the track in Italy. Yeah, but his time of death is going to be when he was seen yeah. by a physician. Like, people at Disney die all the time. They have heart attacks, whatever. Nobody has ever died at Disney. They have. So, people have died at Disneyland. Nobody has officially ever died yeah. on Disneyland property. One, because, and this is super fucked up, like, they make sure... That they're not, like, if a person is, like, clearly dead, they will not allow, like, Disney will not allow any declaration of death to be, like, to happen until they're off the grounds. Yeah. It's so bad. Yeah, it's fucked up. So if you have shares in Disney, sell them. Well, I mean, don't sell them. Like, it's a good financial investment. No. Don't die Buy there. Amazon. It's, like, fucking 30 times the price. I feel like the, <laughs> the best advice is don't die at Disneyland. I'm yeah, like, there you good go. Good luck controlling that. Yeah, don't be a fat fuck and have a heart attack. <laughs> Stop <laughs> it. Not only, like, Disney <laughs> have heart attacks, too. Carlos Reutemann caught up to Gilles and PK, but he retired because he had a messed up gearbox. Mm, Another super common thing. if he killed one of his mechanics, he wouldn't have had a messed up gearbox. PK also later retired because he spun out, meaning Gilles Villeneuve went on to win the race. I think so it's Alan Jones, that you're ignoring all of my comments about Reutemann. Alan Jones finished okay. second and Jacques Lafitte <laughs> finished third. This is super interesting. So Ferrari's always seen as this like massive monolith of a phenomenal racing team. But they're, they're not. They're not. This was their first race win since 1979. They didn't win anything in 1980, and it took them six, five or six races into the 1981 season to win a race. Great. Well, their cars are already overpriced and yeah. overrated, so I'm not yeah. a big But it's a Ferrari. Person. I don't so care. The championship, to date, the championship to date, Carlos Reutemann held on with 34, 34 points. And a murder charge. And a murder charge. Alan Jones passed Nelson Piquet in the championship. He was now on 24 points. Piquet was on 22 
Gilles Villeneuve was on 12 points and Jacques Lafitte was on 11. And yet still, the only person who has points with a body count is Rudiman. Rudiman. Mm. Round 7 is at Harama in Spain. This is the 21st of June of 1981. See, so, Emilio De remember the guy that I told you at the beginning with Williams? Yeah. He tried to enter this race. I'm really, really white because I read Jarama. Mm. Yeah, it's Harama. Okay, well I know that now because yeah. you said it and I was like, wait... That makes so, sense. So, ATS's single entry was laid onto the grid. Of course. Meaning that the Spanish organizer said, Orale, fuck it, and they tried to push the <laughs> private entry of Devolada, but it was super illegal, yeah. right? Because under the new Concord Agreement, you couldn't do that. Yeah, you had no. to, you know, you had to race everything. That's like, that's so the whole point. Devolada's car wouldn't turn on, and then the ATS showed up. Okay. Meaning that Devolada was fucked. Okay. So, he didn't start the race. JPS came back to Lotus as a title sponsor, so mm-hmm. Gone was a super ugly, like, martini, like, the green yeah. Lotus. They were pretty, but they weren't as pretty as, like, the John Player Special. John Player Special is a cigarette company. Oh, my God. And in qualifying, Jacques Lafitte took pole position ahead of Jones and Reutemann. Piquet was ninth, and Robake was 18th. What's happening to Piquet? Uh, a lot of it... He's doing badly. No. In the race, Lafitte lost his lead on the first lap. He fell down to 12th after bogging down, meaning wow. he stalled the car, yeah. pretty much. And Jones took the lead. So Jones had a massive lead over everyone. Reutemann was stuck behind Jules Villeneuve. Mm. Piquet was in 7th. Why didn't Reutemann just run him over? Yeah. <laughs> 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 I got a chuckle. <laughs> Jones threw the race away because he spun out on lap 14. Shocking. Piquet and Andretti collided, and Piquet retired. But who caused the collision? I don't know. They're both... Probably PK. PK was a less experienced driver. Andretti had been racing since 1960. That doesn't mean Andretti's better. I mean, look at Jones. Yeah, that's true. Lafitte kept moving up through the field, and Gilles Villeneuve kept the lead on the straight because he had a turbocharged Ferrari that was faster than everyone, okay. but he was slower in the corners because of the turbo lag. Right. There were four other drivers right on his ass, and he won the race with the top five being spread by 1.24 seconds. Wow. Yeah, meaning this is one of, like, the closest F1 finishes ever. That's crazy. It's not as close as, I think, 1969, where Jackie Stewart won by, like, an inch, literally. And, like, the, the top five are covered by, like, half a second. That's crazy. Yeah. So the standings to date, Carlos Reutemann leads with 34 points. And still, a body. And a body. So 35 points. Uh, no, we were not <laughs> counting him as a point. 34 points was Reutemann. He was leading the championship. Jones had 24, he was in second place. PK had 22 points. So you can see that the top three didn't really gain anything. Gilles Villeneuve was one point away from overtaking PK. He was in uh, fourth place with 21 points, and Jacques Lafitte had 17. So you can see how quickly this like championship could have shifted yeah. because of mechanical failures and retirements. Right. And I mean, if Rodeman hadn't run over a mechanic, he yeah. might have been even higher. This brings us to Dijon. Mustard. Yeah, mustard. Okay. Uh, this brings us to the mustard GP on the 5th of <laughs> July, 1981. So pre-race, Jean-Pierre Jabouille, re- <laughs> Jabouille. Jabouille, uh, he retired after the race because he didn't, he hadn't recovered from his leg injuries. Okay, like, guys, like this guy broke both of his legs. Give him a break. Yeah. Just but I mean, it was, babe, it was less than like 12 months before, like. I know. He was. He, Give him a break. I know. I know, but still. I mean, not again. He probably wouldn't He stayed at Ligier yeah. as one of the team managers. Oh. <laughs> and he was replaced by Patrick Tombe. So Tombe okay. was moving up the field. In qualifying, their turbocharged cars were the ones to beat because Dijon was a very sweeping track. Okay. Rene Arnoux took pole ahead of John Watson and Elaine Prost. PK was in fourth okay. in a non-turbocharged car. Rabake, consistently dog shit, was down in 15th. <laughs> Reutemann and Jones were 7th and 9th. Oh. So in French fashion in the race, Arnoux fucked up the start. He fell down to 9th on the first lap. Yikes. PK promptly took the lead because he's like, fuck it. 
Well, and Prost and PK battled on. Prost had a loose front wing, and he was also missing a gear. So when he went to like change gear, the gear wasn't there. So he had to. Oh. Yeah. Okay, I'm not a car person. How do you just miss a gear? Meaning, like you lose a gear. So if I'm like if I lose second gear and I'm in first, that means I have to go to third because second will not work because that the links aren't engaging. So does it? There are little linkages in the gearbox that okay. like. Sh- uh, shift. They're supposed when, to like connect. Literally, so when you shift a gear, you you're literally moving the gearbox, and there's a yeah. linkage that like connects that. But that the, one wasn't connected. That one wasn't. Connected. I was imagining literally just like, nope, not there. Sorry. <laughs> well, that's that's what it is. Meaning that like, if I'm in third and I go to shift for fourth, and it's not going in. Oh, right. No, I meant I, like I was literally thinking like it just wasn't there. Oh. <laughs> heavy rain ended up stopping the race. Of course. It Prost did. took the lead at the restart and PK struggled and fell down to fourth. Because I mean, rain is more important than PK. Elaine said. Prost won his first race ever with Watson at his ass. Okay. And Watson tried to yeet his car on the inside of Prost, but he what overshot the corner and people? lost. Yeah. PK finished third. So the championship standings now Carlos Reutemann, 37 points. Mm. And a body. And a body. 38 points, if you will. No, Nelson PK. Counting that poor mechanic whose name I've somehow forgotten. Don't Giovanni Amadeo. Poor Giovanni Amadeo as a point. Carlos Reutemann, 37 points. Nelson Piquet had 26. Jones had 24 points, so Piquet overtook Jones in the championship standings. Right. Jules Villeneuve stayed at 21, and Jacques Lafitte, I think, stayed at 17. Okay. The British Grand Prix, the 18th of July, 1981. Colin Chapman redesigned the chassis for the Lotus 88. Lotus was like finally ready yeah. to start racing. And he tried to re-enter it for Britain. The car was legal and ready to go. Jean-Marie Bolestri was fucking pissed. This is why, why? I think... Because he's the president of FIA. He's a fucking asshole. He forced the withdrawal of the car because he hadn't personally inspected it himself. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> this is like the Marco Pierre White thing where it's like... Okay, except you like Marco Pierre White. Yeah, so but, he's a, but I understand Bolestri. that he's an asshole. Balestri, yeah. Okay. Colin Chapman withdrew both cars and fucked off. I mean, this was their home race, right? Yeah, no, there's no point. Nigel Mansell was upset because he still had the because the old car was still working. Oh. Yeah, and the Lotus 87 was stripped and contorted to fit the regulations, but it wasn't competitive at all. Mansell didn't qualify, and Elio Giangelis was 22nd. That's all bad. Yeah, this was I think last year's car. So in qualifying, Rene Arnoux and Prost took the first two spots. Okay. PK was third. Right. Hector Robake moving up the in the world was thir- seven, 13th. Okay. Yeah, 13th. <laughs> I'll get there. Alan Jones and Reutemann were 7th and ninth in their mm. home race. Maybe if they had, you know, an extra mechanic, they'd have been better. Yeah. In the race, uh, Rene Arnoux made another shit start. Okay. And he dropped on the fourth again. Alain Prost took the lead. He was ahead of Didier Peroni and Gilles Villeneuve. Okay. Shield spun out and was T-boned by Alan Jones. Shocking. Yeah. Andrea DeCesaris was out. He also tried to avoid the accident, but he couldn't. Yes. PK had a tire blowout, so he was out, and he sprained his ankle, and he had to be lifted out of the car. Oh my god. Like a he little princess. He sprained his ankle, and he was like, guys, I can't walk. John Watson took an unlikely victory with a fucking bevy of top runners retiring. <laughs> so Mario Andretti, world champion, retired. Ricardo Patrese, Rene Arnoux, and Alan Prost, they failed to finish. Well, so did... PK, right? Because yep. of his ankle. Yep. He was like, this was the great. first win for McLaren since 1977. Yikes. Yeah. And it was the first win with the new team owner and manager, Ron Dennis. Which Ron Dennis, what? I want to say good for him, mm-hmm. but he only won because everyone else just kind of. John made a Watson uh, had a reputation for being a driver who could capitalize and put a, keep his head down in the race and win. 
He holds the record for having the lowest grid position and still winning a race. I think he I mean, was like 21st or 22nd. Like that's, a, yeah. that's not bad, but I yeah. feel like if John, he already had a higher grid position, mm-hmm. he'd have been better. And this was John Watson's second win. His first was back in 1976. Yikes. Yeah, so okay. it'd been a while. The standings to date, Carlos Reutemann has 43 points. Nelson Piquet has 26. So Reutemann has a pretty commanding lead. Um, and body count. And body count. See, I want to not say it every time. Alan Jones had 24 points. He was in third. Villeneuve, 21. Jacques Lafitte caught up to Villeneuve. He had the same amount of points. Okay. Tw- they were both on 21 points. This brings us to Nazi territory. We're in Hockenheim. <laughs> the 2nd of August, 1981. Okay. For qualifying, Alan Prost finally took his first pole position. He was <laughs> half a time. second of sec- He was half a second in front of second place. Damn. Yeah, a lot of time. Reutemann and Jones were third and fourth. Oh, Reutemann got over his guilt from killing a man. Yep. Right. And PK was sixth. Hector mm. Abake, still dog shit, was down in 16th. Mm. The race was pretty uneventful. So race started at the two-thirds distance. And Pross was leading for a while, but he fell behind Piquet. Uh, Piquet won the race, and he closed the gap, and Rabake finished fourth. So, Good while not him. total dog shit, Rabake's two finishing positions of the year were both fourth places. Pretty good. Mm. Good for him. Yes, sure. Meaning, the championship to date is Reutemann still leads with 43 points. And a body. And a body. Nelson Piquet is on 35 points. 10 above Lafitte? Yep. Uh, Lafitte's down in third with 25 points. He Alan surpassed Jones, Jones. He surpassed Jones, who's in, moved down to fourth, because mm. he's fucking dog shit, too. Jones has 24 points, and Gilles Villeneuve had 21 points. Austria, at the Österreich Ring, uh, the 16th of August, 1981. Very, very German. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's Austrian, but... The top four positions were all turbocharged cars. Okay. So, Arnu and Prost, first and second. Okay. Another shocker. Gilles Villeneuve was third. Jacques Lafitte was in fourth. Reutemann and Jones were fifth and sixth. Okay. Piquet was down in 7th, and Robake was 15th, again, confirming that he's absolute dog shit and useless. <laughs> See, when I talk about drivers like this, you get upset, but it's okay for you. Yeah, but Robake was actual dog shit, that's the thing. <laughs> that's I the like Robake. Like, I, he hasn't he's, killed anyone He's yet, not even so a fucking underdog. So, this was another very low-key race. Jacques Lafitte made his way through the field very slowly. He, he ended up winning the race. Okay. Reutemann and Jones didn't have a great race. They Damn, missed out on a race win. The murderer didn't win. Rene Arnoux was 2nd. Uh, because he couldn't capitalize on fucking pole position because he's useless. PK and Jones and Reutemann were third, fourth, and fifth, respectively. Good. Meaning the standings are now Reutemann on 15 points, Nelson PK on 39 points. You said 15 for Reutemann. Uh, Reutemann had 45 points, my apologies. PK had 39 points, Jacques Lafitte is on 34, Alan Jones on 27. Yikes. And, yeah. And Villeneuve on 21. Mm. We are now at Zandvoort, Yikes. Dutch GP. 30th of August, 1981. Fittipaldi came back. Fittipaldi Automotive. Oh. Yeah. They couldn't afford to run the four DFE engines in the last race, so the cars didn't qualify. Great. Yeah. Elaine Prost took pole again with Arnoux in second place. PK was third. Jones, Reutemann were fourth and fifth. Mario Andretti was pretty pretty reliable. He was in seventh. And Rabake, of course, 15th, because... I love how you put Rabake in there, even though he's trapped. Yeah, well, I mean, he's Nelson Piquet's teammate. He, like... Was garbage, but when he finished, like I said, he finished good. So we are at Zanvort. Not Vanzort. No, not Zan. Whatever that was. The 30th <laughs> of August, 1981. So Finapaldi Automotive came back. They couldn't afford the four DFV engines that they were using, so they okay. took a race or two off. Oh. And funnily enough, 
Shockingly, a backmarker team. They didn't qualify. Rip. Yeah. Okay. So, Ellen Prost took pole ahead of Arnu and PK. Huh. Yeah. PK not doing too poorly. It could be better. Yeah. Jones and Reutemann, though, fourth and fifth. Mario oh. and Mario Andretti came back. He was doing pretty well. He was in seventh, and Hector Abake, Nelson Piquet's teammate, who's literally only here because he was Nelson Piquet's teammate. Oh my god. 15th. Uh, this poor guy. Yes. In the race, Andrea de Cesaris with, was withdrawn by the McLaren team because he kept he literally kept crashing their cars. I mean, I feel like I would do that. So, Andrea de Cesaris has the unwanted record of having the most consecutive retirements of any Formula One driver. He has 18 straight retirements. I think it started in 83, like the tail end of 83, went all the way through 84, and like into like the first two or three races of 85. Oh, God. Like he just straight didn't like finish a race. That's bad. Yeah. And there were some pretty bad races. But because of like no, the was... car breaking down or because he was the issue? Uh, 50-50. Okay. Which should not be 50-50. It should be yeah, like should either be all like... mechanical or... You know, if it's all driver, then the driver should not be an F1. But yes. yeah, and Joey Chesaris had a lot of speed. So, but McLaren just didn't rebuild the car. Yeah, they were like, no, you're done. <laughs> yeah, you tried. Michele Alboreto was actually moved up, and he left. Uh, he didn't have to pre-qualify because the cutoff was 25th on the grid. Okay. Uh, well, actually, 26th. Um, so he just got bumped up to 25th. Okay. Reutemann ended up retiring after he retired with Lafitte. Oh, he and, had another person. Um. Uh, yes. Okay. Alan Prost went on to win the race with Nelson Piquet in second place and Alan Jones in third. So Piquet still isn't winning. No. Okay. However, okay. Hector Abake finished fourth. Granted, he was a lap down, which what was super that... common back in the day. Okay, what does a lap down mean? Meaning you are a lap down from the lead driver. So Alan Prost won the race. And, and then one lap later. And then, and then no, the guy, Rabake is one lap down. So he's like, if... Uh, he still had to go around the track a whole nother oh, to be on the lead lap. Okay, yeah. but if he still finished fourth, then he's fine. Yeah, super solid. He, I don't think Rubake ever had a podium, but he was a very successful like Mexican, you know, driver when he wanted to. Except finish. you call him trash. All he's time. dog shit. But okay, Sergio, after Rubake, there wasn't any Mexican driver up until 2011 when Sergio Perez, who most recent Mexican winner. Yay. Uh, yeah. Well, literally, it was like a. 50, yeah, it's been 50 years since the last Mexicans won in F1, and it was uh, the Rodrigo brothers, Rodriguez brothers, who have a track in Mexico City named after them. But wow. anywho, so granted, Nelson Piquet didn't win the race, but he actually ended up leading the championship. So Piquet surpassed Reutemann. They're both on 45 points, but because uh, Piquet scored the points most recently, he was bumped up into the first place. Right, so he's Reutemann now... didn't score any points this last race, right? Or did he? Let me check. Wait. He retired, yes. Yeah, he retired. So he, so he stayed stagnant. Please ignore my upstairs neighbors. I apologize. Apartment living is not always cracked up today. Yeah, there are these fucking kids. It's a very sweet child. She's very nice, I'm sure. She's just loud. Reutemann and Piquet are tied with 45 points. Jacques Lafitte has 34. He's 11 points down. Okay. But he could still... He like... could, he's still mathematically in the championship. Okay. Alan Jones is on 31, and Alan Prost is on 28 points. Their names are so similar, I don't like it. Yeah, so there are three races. So there, this calendar year, I think, was 15 races. Okay. So we have round 13, 14, and 15 left, meaning that there are, what's nine times three? 
What's nine times three? 27, right? Yeah. Yeah, so there are 27 <laughs> points left. The drivers I just listed off, PK, Reutemann, Lafitte, Jones, and Prost, they're still in the championship battle. Meaning that if everyone else retired and Prost, who has 28 points, won every single race. Right. right? All he needs to do is place first for three more races. And have everyone else not finish. Oh. <laughs> That's mathematically what would happen. Okay. That's like the easiest scenario, but it's also like... Really unlikely. Yeah, it's like the most, I guess, uh, how should I say it? It's like the fairy tale scenario for a driver. Right, like he would, it would be a dream come true for him. Yes. This brings us to Monza, the 13th of September, 1981. Coming into the race, as we just said, PK and Reutemann are tied on points. Okay. In qualifying, Rene Arnoux took pole. Reutemann was second, Prost was third. PK was down in sixth. Mm. Again, PK wasn't using a turbo car. Right. And Rene Arnoux, who was in the Renault, had a turbo. Hector Robake wasn't his dog shit. Um, he was 14th. Okay, so you say he wasn't his dog shit, but he was 14th. <laughs> Siegfried Storr crashed heavily during qualifying. He actually didn't make the race. He was badly shaken, but other than that, he was fine. After this race, he retired and began a driving academy, and that's what he did. Describe otherwise fine. Otherwise fine, literally, like, there was nothing really wrong with him. He didn't break anything. So he, Psych- he was psychological. He crashed, and it shook him up. Like, he got out of the car and was like, oh, what am I doing? A lot of drivers, when you watch documentaries about how dangerous it was back in the 80s, 70s, 60s, and 50s, they'll talk about their big crashes, and these crashes are basically revelations for drivers because Emerson Fittipaldi famously said in a uh, Netflix, how should I say it, a Netflix documentary, Mm -hmm. that as a racing driver back in the day, he said, oh, you always expect everything's going to happen to someone else, not you. Right. And then it happens to you, and you're you're no longer immortal. Right. right, so it's kind of that moment where you're like, oh shit, like I could yeah. choose my career or I could choose to live, but I can't really pick both. Yeah, so some very famous famous crashes that changed Formula One were Jackie Stewart crashed in Belgium in 1968. And that was the one where like he got thrown against a tree, right? No, that was uh, that that was Jim Clark and that oh. was 1968. Oh. Yeah, Jim Clark was thrown out of a Formula Two car because he was driving. He, it was an off weekend so at, on off weekends, Formula One drivers would just race in Formula Two. Right. And it was Hockenheim. It was raining. Clark didn't want to race, but he's a racing driver, so he raced anyways. Mm. And then he died. I always go with your gut. Yeah. Literally. I, I mean, I... Like if you don't feel good about something, just don't do it. Yeah, Please. honestly. Like, that's the, like, the Japanese thing to do is to not do something if your gut's telling you to not do it. And that's how a lot of Japanese businessmen are successful. So, Jackie Stewart crashed, and right after that, literally, the the body of the car was... Cars back in the day used to be cigar-shaped, but this yeah. body was literally, like, bent. Jesus. It, was, it looked like a boomerang, pretty much. Oy. And Jackie Stewart was so pissed with how disgusting the hospital situation was. He was <gasps> literally in a concrete slab in the middle of a room with cigarette butts everywhere. Ew. Yeah. And so, he started bringing his own doctor <laughs> to the... Uh, <laughs> To the track, and then Jackie Stewart was making like two, three. I know, but that's such like a bougie response. He's like, I didn't like it. I'm gonna take my own doctor. Well, he had he literally had to take his life into his own hands because the FIA wasn't requiring these safety protocols. There was no safety car. There was they were still racing on public roads back in the '60s. Jesus Christ. Um, another really important crash. Yeah, Jim Clark, like you said, Jackie Stewart's in 1968. Let's see. Nicky Lauda's in 1976 shook Formula One up because... He melted his face off. Yeah, his skin was, like, burnt off. You can see photos. I'm going to show you photos later on of what it looked like, but... It's all bad. Yeah, it's terrible. Like, even 
Yeah, and he came back two races later, right? Which it was like crazy. four weeks. Yeah, and his so bandages insane. were. Yeah, Nicky Lauda is like one of my one of my favorites. Meanwhile, Gro- Gros- Grosjean. Grosjean, I'm has, still like, working on saying names. Grosjean, yeah, he's good. Yeah. He's got like light burns on his hands. Okay, I'm sure it's traumatic. I'm sure it's terrible, absolutely horrible. But he's like, no, I'm just gonna quit racing. Well, no, I mean, he was he retiring after racing. this year anymore. No, yeah. he didn't. No, he didn't have a contract for 2021. We'll, uh, we'll just let him say that he's retiring. Okay. I hope he doesn't retire. He's such a phenomenal driver. Well, he but like speed. he sat out this season for the rest of the season because he like wanted to make sure his hands were safe, and I think that says a lot about the difference and like how how much you want it. Yeah. Not no, not how much you want it, but how like more as a society now we realize that our safety is more important than like a sport. That's fair. That's true. Even at the at the end of the day, Grosjean's already made his money, so if he that's retires, true. that's... He's fine. <laughs> yeah, he could start up his own racing team. And, <laughs> so as long as he lives within his means. Right. If, I, mean, I mean, Jesus Christ, these guys. But, <laughs> yeah, so what I mean by sh- by Shaken, he was more psychologically damaged than physically. Well, yeah, I mean, so that's Siegfried like Store a huge was, thing yeah, to coming out through. of Coming out of his race, uh, excuse me, coming out of his crash, Siegfried just realized it's not what he wanted to do, and so he left. Yikes. Yeah, he was also haunted by the almost killing David Luckett. So oh, on the same if you remember, that, Sig- Siegfried's story, yeah, back in, oh, goodness gracious. You are about to forget, you horrible, horrible person. No, I know the name. I don't remember the track. Amadeus? No, no, no. It was, Giovanni Amadeo was killed during practice. David Luckett was the... It was during race day. He was, yeah, he was the mechanic race. that got yeeted yeah. out of the way. Maybe we shouldn't say yeeted out of the way. Yeah, probably not. I mean, I don't know. But no, like, I just, I would be... Especially after, like, I don't know how Reutemann kept racing. That's it was in Belgium. My apologies. Yeah, I don't know how Reutemann kept going. Oh, not this... that I think it's bad that he did. I just feel like there needed to be a moment. Like I said, this this year was completely traumatic for Carlos. It destroyed him as a person. It destroyed him as a racer. Well, yeah, he... I would imagine. Yeah, on race day, John Watson, surprise, surprise, had a massive accident. It, it literally tore his car in half. It lit it on fire. But Watson was otherwise fine. Stop saying otherwise fine. He, Stop it. No. Yes. No. He was okay. No. He was in a massive accident that tore his car in half and then lit it on fire. Yes. He was not okay. He was okay. No. Yeah. <laughs> I have pictures of, of course you do. the accident. Okay, but we still need to talk about the fact that he was not okay. I mean, they're shaking, sure, but they're fine. No! Stop it! <laughs> okay, yeah, so it looks like his car is sideways on the track right now. And then he's You can see his car the right there. Yeah. And, and then his boom. rear axle is over there, and the front of his car is still over there. Yep. And then the, the driver's... In th- this, is the, this is the rear axle. Where's the driver? He's fine. He didn't get, like, thrown out of his car or no, anything. No, stop saying he's fine. He's not fine. It's he, the rear axle of the car John Watson, in. John Watson's, like, 70. He's fine. Okay, what? McKay, because he made it to an old age doesn't mean he was fine in that moment. He's yeah. probably terrified. Like, I'd have peed. If, if you follow us on our IGs, which you should, at uh, Jonathan Sanchez Ortiz on Instagram. Yeah, follow him. And... Oh, yeah, it's, uh... Kimberly Ellie underscore O one. See, you already messed it up. It's Kimberly with a Y, because I spell it properly, underscore Ellie with an E, and O one one at the end, because somebody already stole the username, and I wasn't feeling creative that day. Yeah, we're gonna be setting up an Instagram as soon as we can, and... For the podcast. For the podcast, specifically. That way you don't have to follow us, because... Because we're fucking... But you should, still, I'm sure, maybe. Yes. Okay, uh, after that bit of plugging, Michele Alboreto <laughs> retired because he was uh, too close to dodge John Watson's car, so he hit the car also. That's and... just... See, okay, Watson was not fine. Nelson Piquet's engine gave up <laughs> on the second uh, with two laps to go, 
He dropped from third to sixth, yeah, and, but he picked up one point. because oh, so he, had, he went from third to sixth and then to fifth? No, he just picked up a point. Oh, the sixth. So okay. what happened was he had, already, he had already completed over 90% race distance, so he was entitled to those points. Mm. He's going to be... If you finish at least 90% of the race, you're a classified finisher. What position you finish is entirely up to, like, all everyone the, else. Everyone else. Yeah, pretty much. Okay. And... PK was lucky, lucky to finish with right. uh, at least a point. Alan Prost won his third race of the season. Okay, so Prost isn't doing terribly. This, yeah, if this wasn't... If Alan Prost had gotten his shit together earlier in the season, he would have won oh. his championship. Well, if Reutemann hadn't ran a guy over and killed him, he probably would have been thrown off his game. Alan Jones and Reutemann oh. finished the podium. And okay. Elio DeAngelis and Peroni were fourth and fifth, which okay. is pretty solid for yeah. those guys. So the standings to date are Reutemann leading the championship with 49 points. Nelson Piquet has 46 points. He's in second place. Alan Prost <laughs> and Alan Jones have the same amount of points on 37. Jacques Lafitte has 34. We have 18 points left to divide between all of the drivers. <gasps> That's terrifying. Meaning that... Can I do math? No. Jacques Lafitte could still mathematically win the championship. If he won the next two races and everyone else mm-hmm. didn't yeah. qualify, or didn't, didn't um, finish. finish. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. I'll get there someday. However, that would require that the other drivers don't finish. Right. So, which isn't going to happen. Which leads us to, well, well we don't know. Well, this leads us to This leads us to Canada on the 27th of September, Where 1981. Il Notre Dame. So, Quebec? I think so. No, it's in Montreal, excuse me. So, Quebec. Is that in Quebec? I think so. We're in Montreal. I don't know much about Eastern Canada, so forgive me. Yes. Pre-race. Alan Jones was so fucking butthurt that he didn't win. <laughs> cha- you know, he didn't have that great of a, a of a championship season. He announced his retirement. Nikki Lauda, who was the double world champion, yes, he was a double world champion. He had retired. He tested privately with McLaren, and rumors were circulating that he was going to return for well, 1982. Well, right, because there's no, like, privately doing anything in that world, I yeah, would imagine. Somebody's all. always going to be like, oh my god, god, like, I mean, okay, Twitter wasn't around, but yeah. I feel like it would have been the 80s equivalent of Twitter, where they're like, holy shit, just saw Lauda mm-hmm. testing with this guy. Yeah. How did anybody get any gossip pre-Twitter? I don't... Word of mouth. That's so, but you, that's crazy I mean, to me. Word of mouth doesn't really get the recognition it deserves because everything's so streamlined nowadays. I guess. And even then, you don't really know what's going on. I follow this account on Twitter, um, Spill Sesh, I think. Mm-hmm. And, but the issue is, like, so, because I want to know all the gossip, but I don't want to be involved. So, like, I'll, like, read their things, but they don't give details. It'll just be, like, what they feel. And so then I have to, like, click on the thread to find <laughs> out what it is. So and it's gross. so much work. I yeah. hate it. So if somebody could... Like, give me a recommendation to know all the gossip without having to, like, actually involve myself mm-hmm. for a Twitter. That would be great. Twitter handle? Twitter account? Twitter account. I don't know. Somebody just help me. Also, I don't know how to use Twitter. So, Gilles Villeneuve's brother, Jacques, entered the race. Okay. Jacques Villeneuve? Jacques Villeneuve Sr. Even though it's Villeneuve. Villeneuve. PK took pole. Finally. He was ahead of Reutemann and Jones, Prost, and Mansell, who did really well in his Lotus, I think. Okay. Hector Rabake was sixth. Why do we even talk about Rabake Rabac- anymore? Best qualifying position so far. I mean, that doesn't make him good. That just makes him okay. That makes him Alex Albon. Heavy rain delayed the race start again by 90 minutes. Which is longer 
than when they hit a man and almost killed him and actually did kill a man. Yes, so, this season is the season with the most like race delays caused by like rain. That's just like a weird fact. Okay. That like. Well, I mean, they also there have been like people. yeah there. I think that this isn't the highest. This isn't the highest season with the most deaths. <laughs> but but yeah, so Jones took the lead on the restart. Good for him. PK was then second and Roydeman was third. Jones retired with handling problems, meaning his title hopes were fucking over. He his title gonna... hopes were over, like, way before. Like, I mean, and I know going technically into the... they weren't. I was gonna say, going like, into the race. Technically, he could have won. Yeah. But he wasn't going to. He sucked at this point. He had his year. He needed to retire and be mentoring people. Not be racing and trying to, like, take over Roydeman, who was clearly a better driver and was at his prime versus Jones, who was way beyond his prime. I just... I, mean, you I don't think Jones was beyond his prime. Jones really? had a lot of demons to battle personally. I was watching a a documentary about Alan Jones, and he struggled a lot with his body image. And I mean, he, same, but... But for on. a Formula One driver that needs to stay in shape, he literally would starve himself for, like, a week and a half before just to, like, fit into his race suit because he, he liked to drink, right? That's Jones, a mood. <laughs> yeah. And Jones liked to, I guess, live life to the fullest, and it took a toll on him. Even as a driver, he just didn't like it. Well, he so, was excessive. Like, he's an excessive person. That's fine. I am also an excessive person. I get it. But if you want to do a sport that requires you to have that discipline to not be excessive, you need to work at it. And he clearly wasn't working at he that. He wasn't working as hard as the others. Which makes him worse than the others in regards to the sport. Yeah, like, it so, sucks, but it's true. Yeah. He needed to be more disciplined, and he wasn't, and so he's losing, and now he's being a baby. A, a lot of Formula One drivers are very egotistical, too, so ego plays a huge role in a lot of decisions. Oh. Is that why you want to do it? A little bit. Okay. Yeah. Great. Plus, the money wouldn't be too bad, either. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Jacques Lafitte ended up taking the lead. Good for him. And he went on to win the race. So Aww. he was now six points behind Carlos Reutemann, who had the championship lead. I love Lafitte. This was the last race win for Jacques Lafitte, who went on to have six total F1 wins. That's not bad. Which is not bad. That puts him, I think, like, in the top 20. I'm almost certain. Yeah. Which, Top I mean, 25. I guess, like, my issue with Formula One, like, I love it. I've grown to love it, I should say. Mm -hmm. I'm still a little, like, confused by a lot of the things that go on, but, like, this sport is one that's very, like... You can be one of the greatest and never win anything. Sterling Moss was a driver who was a British driver who sadly died last year. And oh. he, I, I've told you this little tidbit before, he's the driver who had the most wins. He, he was the driver who had the most wins and no championships. Which is So he had 16 wins and zero championships. Nigel Mansell ended up taking this, like, title away from him. Yeah. I think in 19, like, the mid 80s, late 80s, like, early 90s. Right. And... Sir Sterling was at the racetrack and was like, dude, I fucking hated that record. Thank God you took it away from well, me. Well, that's just so aggravating to yeah. me because you can literally be one of the best and if something just goes wrong, like, you're ruined for a season. Yeah. And that's, like... But, but also, Sir Sterling was incredibly successful outside of his no, Formula 1 career, yeah. so I shouldn't say that as, like, he was a shit driver. He was a phenomenal driver who just never got it together. And he actually lost his 1958 title because he was winning. What happened was Mike Hawthorne, his... His teammate mm -hmm. was disqualified unfairly, and Sterling Moss, because they were buddies, oh he, my God. he went to the FIA and was like, hey dude, like this isn't fair, Like it's not right what you did. Reinstate the points, and he did. Sterling ended up going on to lose the championship by that's a point. crazy. Yeah. I just, okay, so that's like a super honorable thing to do, but also I'm like, you could have won. <laughs> yeah, I think for Sir Sterling, because he came from the gentleman 
driver era, it meant more to him to be honest than to win the championship. That makes sense. Which to me makes him one of the greats. Yeah. Yeah. So this was actually the last win for Ligier for 15 years. And Ligier isn't a team right now. No, they are, they, not in Formula One, not in the Formula One capacity. Their last year was, I think, 1996. Six or seven. Oh, okay. So they haven't been a Formula One. No, for a they while. are doing prototype racing. So they race in like Le Mans and all that stuff. Oh, what's they're, prototype racing? Like, do you know what the twenty four hours of Le Mans is? No. Okay, so it, they they do endurance racing. Oh, oh, that's the thing you were telling me about. Because so we go to Washington from California to visit my family, and it's a sixteen hour drive from here, fourteen hours from where you are, mm-hmm. and. They do what eight hours at a time or something. Yeah, doing they do. Eight, yeah, legally they have to do only eight hours, and it's divided between like three drivers. or Which something. Which is crazy to me because like I've driven the full sixteen by myself. Yeah, like no stops. You're fine. It's not that hard. I mean, it's not great. Don't do it. Um, don't do it if you don't have to. Yeah, but it's really not the craziest drive, I guess. But that's also not a racetrack. So, I mean, I five's a racetrack. It could be. Yeah. It shouldn't be. Yeah. <laughs> Which means that the standings now look. Like this. Carlos Reutemann leads with 49 points. Nelson Piquet has 48 points. Jacques Lafitte has 43. Alan Prost has 37. And Alan Jones also has 37. Okay, but Jones is under Prost because Prost got more points he won, or a he, higher place in the last race. No, he had points, he won right? his points most recently. That's okay. how it works. Okay. Yeah. So Jones might have been on 37 before Prost, but because Prost scored the points... He most scored the recently. he's most recently. He scored the newest points, I guess. Yeah. Okay. This leads us to the last race of the championship. So exciting. Caesar's Palace. Is that in Florida? It is in Nevada, babe. Oh my god, that's right. Yes. Okay. So there is one racetrack in Florida, correct? There no? are, there are plenty. Well there but are, I mean because you mean I was the one talking that's to right. my aunt and Mike. Yeah. And I was saying because they were asking, you know, how many tracks do we even have in the U.S. for Formula One? Because it's not something that's super popular here. Yeah, it's which is crazy. It's a lot more popular in Europe. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was like, well, we have one in California at Palm Long Beach. Mm-hmm. Long I always Beach. get Palm Beach and Long Beach confused. But Mike does the same thing. I feel better. Um, and we have Watkins Glen in New York. Yep. And then I was pretty sure we had at least one in Florida, but I couldn't remember the Sebring. name. Sebring. Sebring. Okay, there we yeah. go. Yeah, it's a very popular track. We raced back in, I think, 50... We raced, like, twice in the 50s, and that was about it. Okay. It was famous for a driver named Jack Brabham. He's a triple world champion. He's one of the first Australian champions. He was... He pushed his car, like, three quarters of the distance because he ran out of fuel. Oh! Yeah. (laughs) And... Again, super common. They just miscalculated. Oh, my God. These guys were better drivers than they were with mathematicians. (laughs) I mean, it's not hard. It's force equals mass times acceleration, so... Okay, well... Or distance equals rate times time. I mean, it's I very don't know. simple. No, that's not simple. Right. You're talking to the wrong person. I, I don't know. even... I can't even calculate, like, gas to go to work sometimes. Rip. I literally, like, putt-putt-puttered into the gas, like, pump one day before work. Because my gas... So I was like, oh, I totally have enough gas. But in my Jetta, it would, like, tell me how many miles I had left. And I realized that the Beetle doesn't do that. And so I was driving, and my gas light came on halfway to work, and of course there was traffic, so it was like, stop and go. And I was like, oh my god, I'm not going to make it. I, like, as I got to the gas pump, my car, like, ran out of fuel and, like, died, and I was like, okay. Yikes. Watkins Glen was supposed to hold the race, but the safety requirements were, like, million, they were nearing a million dollars, and they, the race organizers were like, fuck you. 
So it was taken off the calendar. Okay, so this was because, wait, so I remember, what is his name? Ernie Ecclestone? Yeah. Yeah, so this, the only reason they would have to pay that was because of Ecclestone, right? Uh, yes and no. Well, Safety measures were also required, so I don't think it had anything to do with, they didn't have the money for the commercial rights. They just, so Ecclestone It was the commercial rights, no, it was the commercial rights plus the safety. Okay. Like, so improvements if it had been one or the other, they'd have been fine. Yeah. But it, it was both, so they couldn't. Yeah. Okay. yeah, yeah. So Las Vegas was literally like hastily put together, and it I was think a, that's kind of great. Yeah, it was a very shitty layout. They had it in the shape of like an E. Well, it's Las Vegas. Yeah, and the, the locals weren't Formula One fans. No, and, it's Las Vegas. They have so much other yeah, stuff. Yes, and to do. they were literally racing like right next to the highway. So it was I just think like, that's kind of hilarious. Las yeah. Vegas was like you hit quantity, not quality. <laughs> yeah, literally. So in qualifying, PK didn't spend too much time qualifying because of the intense heat. So he was down in fourth. And Reutemann was first. Mm. Alan Jones was second. What? But he can't win his championship. Well, no, though. like, he's not going to win. But still, I feel like he should just stop. Gilles Villeneuve was third. Villeneuve. Villeneuve. In the race, both PK and Reutemann fucked up. They shit the bed. How and they you... had bad starts. They both struggled for grip. I was telling you like earlier, it's very dusty. and dirty and, like... Very windy, very dusty. What, in Vegas? Yeah. Reutemann just couldn't get it together in the race. And he was overtaken by Mario Andretti and Bruno Giacomelli. I like their names. They're yeah. very Italian. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, pretty much. Rodeman ended up finishing the race 7th, so he earned 0 points. Oh! PK struggled with physical fatigue to the point where he vomited it inside his helmet but continued the race. I feel like this guy should have gone to the hospital. Like, if you're at the point where you're vomiting while sitting up, like, in your helmet, you need to go to the doctor. Yeah, he finished 5th, meaning he earned 2 points. So he's ahead of Rodeman. Yep, he finished ahead of Carlos Reutemann in the championship, and okay. Jones ended up winning his last race. Mm. Quote, unquote, I mean, like, last race. good for him. I don't yeah. know. He's he's past his prime. He needs to move on. Oh, well, Whatever. I mean, it gets worse for Jones. How does it get worse for Jones? He tries coming back later. Oh, God. Yeah. So the standings to date are Nelson Piquet on 50 points, Carlos Reutemann on 49, Alan Jones on 46, Jack Lafitte on 44. Pete Lafitte. Lafitte. And Alan Prost on 43. So PK that's... wins. PK wins a championship. He won his first of many championships. How many championships in total did PK win? Three. Only three? That's a lot. <laughs> he was the first Brazilian triple world champion. Okay, well, I mean, good and for he him. And he did it before Ayrton Senna did it. And Ayrton Senna's considered this fucking god. I, and he's not. I actually, like, what's really funny, so before I met you, I didn't know anything about Formula 1. Like, mm-hmm. I honestly didn't know it was a thing. But for some reason, I knew who Senna was. Like, I knew the name Senna. Like, yeah. I knew he was a great. I just didn't know why. Yes, yeah, so you knew the name Senna. But you yeah, didn't I knew the name F1. Senna. I knew nothing about Formula 1. I didn't even know, like, it was a thing at all until I met you. And you were like, oh, yeah, I'm going to be, like, Formula 1 race car driver. I'm so cool. And I was like, oh, okay. Um, for context, I met him on Tinder. So I was used to, like, the... Like, I'm gonna be so great, and all of a sudden, I'm the difference is I'm actually gonna be great. I'm setting myself up for success. No, you're already success. (laughs) (laughs) We're cutting this out. (laughs) No, (laughs) it'll be like a blooper for a trailer or something. We could have bloopers, I don't care. We should. I knew the name Senna, but I Mm. didn't know the name PK, which is interesting. He's not as marketable, that's why. Well, PK was also a huge asshole. That's not surprising. Yeah. Yeah, he was, like, toxicity squared. Like, you know how you were telling me yesterday how the people outside will, like, yell at each oh, other and they're toxic? Oh, my neighbors go hard. Yeah, her neighbors are super toxic. So, PK was just as toxic with his teammates. My neighbors, like, I don't know if one of them lives in the apartment or if they both live in the apartment. Well, I know that they both, like, 
live in the apartment. I don't know if, like, one's on the lease and one isn't. I think she definitely is. But her boyfriend, they will get into these screaming matches, like, in the middle of the night. And, like, then the next day, like, clockwork, anytime they go through one of these, he comes back and he's, like, knocking at the door. He's like, please take me back. I'm so sorry. She takes him back. Two weeks later, same thing happens. It's hilarious. It's, like, the best. I don't even need TV. It's great. Yeah. A couple of notes just to finish off 1981. A couple of interesting things that I... Just a couple of statistics. Carlos Reutemann went on to win the last race of his career that was Zolder. Okay. And Las Vegas was his sixth and final pole position okay. ever. So does Reutemann just not race after this? He does. He does? Just, we'll get there. Okay. This isn't the end for Reutemann, but it's pretty much it pretty It's much not sealed. like the official it end, but fate. this is it. Yeah. Like, this is as good as he's getting, but it's not the end, unfortunately. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Hector Ibaki <laughs> fucked off after Las Vegas and... Nelson Piquet was going to be equipped with a much better teammate for the next year. He was the last Mexican driver in F1 until Sergio Perez in 2011. Which is crazy to me. Like, I know Formula 1 isn't a super popular sport, but I still feel like there should be more drivers from just, like, more than just European countries. Like, North America's a content, people. And South America. Well, there are Canadians and Mexicans, so North America is covered. But, like, the main market isn't. But you just said there's, like, only... Like he was the last Mexican driver until Sergio Perez in 2011. That's true, but there were Mexican there were races in Mexico. But that doesn't mean there are Mexican drivers. That's, That's true. what I mean. Like there yeah. needs to be more like diversity among the drivers mm-hmm. and not just like primarily. Oh well, you know we pull drivers from this country because this country has you know people who were drivers in the past and therefore they're like these legacies and they're going to be amazing. It's annoying to me. I don't get it. It is. Uh, Rene Arnoux tied Nelson Piquet for Is it most Arnaud polls. or Arnoux? Arnoux. Because I feel like you've said Arnoux before. No, Rene Arnoux. I'm pretty sure you said Arnoux. I've not. Maybe I say Arnoux. Rene Arnoux tied Nelson <laughs> Piquet for the most polls, but Arnoux didn't win a single race. That's rough. Yeah, he could have. to be that th- guy. This could have been be his. I was great at qualifying. I sucked when it came down to actually racing. Yeah, some stats, quick stats. Of the 15 races, the pole positions were divvied out like this. Ricardo Patrese had one pole position. Okay. Nelson Piquet and Rene Arnoux had four pole positions. Okay. Carlos Reutemann and Alan Prost had two apiece. Okay. Gilles Villeneuve and Jacques Lafitte each had a one. And so did Patrese. And so did Patrese, yes. What about Jones? Because I thought Jones had a pole position. No, he didn't have a pole position. I thought Jones had a pole he position. He had wins, but he didn't have a pole position. I'm losing my mind. Okay. Of the wins, they're divvied out like this. Alan Jones won two races. He won the Long Beach Grand Prix, and he mm-hmm. also won Las Vegas. Carlos Redman won Brazil and Belgium. Okay. Nelson Piquet had three wins. He had Argentina, San Marino, and Hockenheim. Okay. Gilles Villeneuve won Monaco and Spain. Okay. Alan Prost won Dijon, Zandvoort, okay. and Monza. John Watson won Great Britain. Jacques Lafitte won Austria and Canada. Okay, so Jones did really well in the U.S. Yes. Great. He just sucked too, everywhere Too bad else. nobody remembers him. <laughs> of the retirements, Nelson Piquet had four retirements. So he had a 25% retirement rate. Mm. Belgium was a collision. Right. Monaco was driver error. Harama was another collision. Great Britain was a tire accident. So meaning he didn't have any mechanical retirements in 1981 for the BT49 okay. that he was racing. Which is good. That's Which the sign is great, of a good Because this is not going to be the case next year. God damn it. Re- Rebaki was just happy to be there. So uh, <laughs> Carlos Reutemann had a... Two retirements. He had a thirteen percent retirement rate for right. a nineteen eighty one. Monaco. He had he had two two mechanical retirements. Mm-hmm. Monaco was a broken gearbox, which is off. ironic because if he had had an extra mechanic, he might not have had a broken gearbox. Yeah, well, he ran over a mechanic that wasn't his, and Hockenheim was an engine. Wait, no, failure. I thought 
The mechanic Giovanni was Amadeo. Giovanni Amadeo. No, he wasn't. What team was he for? I don't know. Wait, what? Yeah. I've been working under the assumption he ran over one of his own mechanics. No, what the fuck? What? I didn't say that. Wait, but he was in his, like, pit no, stop he wasn't. thingy. Babe. Uh, Carlos Wait, Rodeman is was it coming... not like NASCAR? No, Carlos Rodeman was coming out of the pits and Giovanni Amadeo, like, tripped. Wait, I need a fell. minute. Yeah. I thought it was like NASCAR where, like, each team has, like, their own pit. They do, but babe, the mechanic was, like, just chilling on the pit wall and, like, he fell and he got run over. Wait, so who was he the mechanic for? I wouldn't be able to tell you. Uh, well, maybe if he had had an extra mechanic anyways, he wouldn't have a broken flipping gearbox, okay? I'm still upset that it's, like, not exactly the same as NASCAR. <laughs> Literally. Alan Jones had three retirements. He had, a, you know, 20%. Not too bad. Okay. Belgium was an accident. Britain was an accident. And he had a handling issue after colliding with Rodeman at the start. So the Jones just couldn't drive without hitting other people. Very common. Okay. Lafitte had three retirements. Prost had nine retirements. Jesus Christ. 60% of the races he retired from. However, however, if we go back to race wins, Alan Prost had two. He had very high finishing positions. You're right. So Prost had three wins. I was actually looking at fucking pole positions because I'm retarded. Yeah, well, I've all been there. Yeah. So he tied PK for the amount of wins. Like race wins, they each had three apiece. Meaning that Prost was just more consistent. Yeah, at right. winning in, failing. Mm-hmm. Great. Yeah. Good for him. Rabake had nine retirements. Which is crazy. He had one did not qualify, meaning that he had a 67% retirement rate, if you Jesus don't count the DNQ. Oh my god. Mm-hmm. That's so frustrating. Yeah. So in terms of team wins, Williams had two apiece, Brabham had three race wins, um, all, all of them from PK. Right, because he had a shitty team. And Renault had three race wins, all from Prost. Yikes. And that is the end of the 1981 World Championship season. Well, I mean, we've gone through a dead mechanic, an almost dead mechanic. Another. Shitty fucking drivers. I'm just, I, oh my god. A bunch of crashes. 1981 deserves its own recognition. If we were going to be, if we weren't doing this from the perspective of a driver, we would really, really get into absolutely everything. But... We're missing out on a lot of information just because we're doing this from, like I said, the perspective of a driver. We're not covering the year as, like, a whole. Which which is weird because I include a lot of information, but I'm not even scratching the surface. That's crazy to me because I always feel like when we talk, we go off on these crazy tangents. We do. Don't even cover the surface. That, oh my god, this yeah. sport is so complex. Yeah, like, this honestly, sport is one of my, just, fa- yeah, it's sick, it's one of my favorites. Like, I love this sport, but I'm so glad I grew up with NASCAR instead. Yeah, <laughs> car turn left. Hey! <laughs> I remember there was this big thing because what year was this? I was in like middle school, I think. They did like a backwards track in like Illinois or something. What was hilarious was (laughs) even I, like my dad and I were really excited. We're like, oh, it's a backwards track. It's going to be so cool. And my mom was like, why don't they just start going the other direction? And we looked at her. We felt so disrespected. Oh, you're telling me they built a purpose built reverse track? (laughs) Yeah. That's dumb. That really is dumb. <laughs> it's just an oval, and they just start going the other way. <laughs> but they built a new track for that. And I'm sure there's some reason for it. I'm sure somebody thought of, like, a flaw, so it would not work if they just flipped the cars around. But it, I still find it hilarious. I think it's, like, the best. I'm sure it has to do with, like, the pits and stuff, where, like, the pit lanes wouldn't be configured They could the just same. repurpose everything. 
Well, but I mean, like, because the off, like, going onto the track and going into the pit are different lengths. Mm-hmm. So it would That's be, true. like, it, I'm sure... Well, like, then you would just go in through the entrance and leave through the... Or go in through the exit and like leave through the entrance. No, but that's what I'm saying is the exit and the entrance are different lengths. I think mm. so that wouldn't make sense. Like it wouldn't be safe to do that. But I man, just thought, fuck the drivers. Like it's hilarious because like everyone was all like, "It's a backwards track." Mm. Oh my god, NASCAR's really switching it up, and it's just a novel. In so, reverse. I so mean, yeah. Anyways, 1981. Stay tuned for 1982. Oh god. We'll see you later. It'll be a mess. Oh yeah. <laughs>